It's me, Roz. Oh, I've had a great week. It's been a good one. The election is over. Some people, I think, believe that ghosts have voted in the election from beyond the grave. People were dancing in the streets here in Los Angeles. And now I'm fully in the holiday spirit, even though it's it's like maybe one or two weeks too early to be full on Christmassy, but I don't care. I'm going for it. It's 2020. There's no rules anymore. But let's keep the party going. We've got another listener episode this week, and I'm so excited to talk to listeners as always. And I would love to talk to you. I would love to do another listener episode sometime in December or for December. And um, if you want to be on a listener episode, just, you know, write a little a couple of sentences about what your ghost stories are about and send them over to ghostedbyraws at gmail.com with the subject line listener episode. And uh, maybe we can have you on a listener episode soon. On today's show, I am talking to four listeners. And last month we had Joey on the show. You might remember Joey who lives in Quebec, and Joey is just a ball of light and so fun to talk to, and he had this great story. I mean, he's had a number of stories. Uh, One that I read on the show about uh, sort of a doppelganger-type experience he had with his partner, and then he was telling us about being in a grocery store and encountering this woman um, that was sort of an angel situation. We told that last month. Now, this month, he's got a ton of more stories, and I'm putting one of them on Patreon. That's why I'm telling you about this right now. So if you go to Patreon, you will find a bonus story from Joey this week, and this story has a connection to another episode of this show, the episode with Nicole Byer, who we all love. Now, Nicole told the story of when she went to AMDA, the American... I think it's Music Dramatic Arts Academy, something like that. It's a performing arts college in New York City. Now, Nicole went there. She lived in these old dorms and had a couple of paranormal experiences. And Joey also went to that school and had a number of paranormal experiences as well. And so you'll hear those if you go to Patreon. And that is patreon.com slash That is on my second tier of Patreon called On With The Show. And uh, if you go to my first tier of Patreon this week, I have another video of me giving a little tour of spooky places in LA. And this time I'm in West Hollywood and I kind of drive by some, some famous, spooky, glamorous little places around town and talk about some of the famous ghosts of, of film land. Another good reason to subscribe to the Patreon is because next week I have on a guest that I know many people will be very excited about. Her name 
is Bailey Sarian. Now, you probably know Bailey because she's incredibly popular on the internet. She's got um, a big YouTube presence with these really fun videos called Murder, Mystery, and Makeup, where she does her makeup and she talks about murders and mysteries and ghost stories as well. She's gorgeous. She's so fun. She's just a super cute person. And we really hit it off. We had a good time. And I did my makeup a little bit. I mean, I did about 25% of my makeup as I was having a conversation with her. And I, I have a little bit of it on video. I haven't done many interviews on video. And so I'll put up some clips of that next week on Patreon. So be sure to look out for that. Okay, it is time for the November edition of the Listener Episode Extravaganza. On with the show. Hello, Lauren, where are you? I am in Southern California in the high desert. Oh my God, I love Southern California in the high desert. (laughs) Have you ever seen a UFO? I feel like high Oh my goodness, I swear I see UFOs all the time. I actually had dreams. I had a dream about a UFO the other night. Um, and then I woke up the next morning and there was all the strange light strange lights over Maui and it was exactly what I saw in my dream. So <gasps> But you have you you've actually seen like in person a UFO? I've, t- I've definitely seen things that are unexplained that I couldn't quite figure out what they were. Where I live is really dark, so it's easy to see a lot of stuff in the night sky. And there's some strange stuff out there. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. Okay. But also, you wrote in the Facebook group about living in a haunted house. And then I read <laughs> it, and then things have gotten worse. Can we hear the whole story from the beginning from you rather than okay. from me? So, okay. I need to take a deep breath. Um <laughs> So yeah, this is the house that I grew up in. I'm actually sitting in it right now. Um, (laughs) And so I moved in here when I was 10. And I, ever since I was a child, kind of felt um, like I could, you know, like I was just connected into a part of the world that maybe my brother and my sister weren't. Um, And so we moved into this house and it just felt really off. Um, and so as a kid, I heard a lot of strange things. Um, and one of the craziest things is, so my dad was a cop when I was a kid. And so he was always super careful about closing the doors, making sure everything's locked. Um, but fairly often we would come home and the doors would be wide open. And my dad would go and he'd be like, oh, I'll check. And he'd check every, every room and nothing was, nothing was wrong. Nothing was missing. But it happened enough to where it was like a thing where like we would just randomly come home and the door would be wide open, like the front door or the back door. Um, <laughs> it's just weird. Interesting. Yes. And so now um, I live in this house now. So I moved out, didn't live there for a while. I've been living back in this house um, for the last year. Um, So it's my second fall here. And when we moved in, 
I like told my husband, I was like, oh, like this, this house is super haunted. It feels really creepy. And we move in and it didn't really feel like that anymore. It kind of felt fresh and new. And I was like, oh, like maybe, maybe what was ever, what was here is going to be gone and you know, it'll be fine. So we're living here for a couple months and everything seems normal. Basically we have a one-year-old son and a or we have a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, but they were one and six when we moved in. And our six-year-old has always, um, she's a sleepwalker, so she walks at night, uh, which is really creepy in and of itself. (laughs) Okay, I wasn't going to say so, but (laughs) that, yes, that is creepy. (laughs) Uh, But then our our, two-year-old, Moved it, we moved in here and he just started talking about monsters, which is not something that our six year old talks about. Um, and so we don't really know where he picked up that word from, but he just started getting scared. Like he'd be in the room by himself and he would go, Oh, a scary monster, a scary monster. And he'd just be always pointing in the same spot. Uh, it's in my bedroom, of course. And so <laughs> didn't really think anything of it. We're like, oh, you know, maybe he's just heard the word and is a little scared. But then he started getting really scared. Um, and he would like wake up in the middle of the night and just like be petrified. Um, just completely screaming, inconsolable, screaming about a monster. He's scared and he wouldn't be fine until we left the room. And so I started thinking, you know, maybe something is a, is a little off here. And all the while this is happening, my husband has not has not informed me that he's been seeing weird things around the house. Like what? And, um, <laughs> so the first thing he said was, you know, the other night we were so we were laying in bed. It's about around eleven. I don't remember the exact time, but he, my husband said do you remember that other night when you looked at me and you were like, what's going on? I, so my husband, um, we we're laying in bed here. Let me back up. My husband was laying in bed and he gets this look on his face and I can tell that he's heard something and I'm like, what's going on? And he says, Oh, nothing. It's fine. But then he exits the room, goes down the hallway, comes back and is just silent. And I was like, is everything okay? Like, are the kids okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, I'm like, okay. Uh, I felt a little weird, but I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then, and then our son keeps talking about this monster, keeps talking about this monster, and I'm like, I feel like something's not right here. And my husband goes, you know, I didn't tell you about this, but the other day when you looked at me and asked if something was wrong, I went down the hallway, and I saw a child walking down our hallway, and I thought it was our daughter. Um, and so I ran towards her <laughs> because it was the middle of the night. She sleeps, she sleepwalks. And um, then the child just disappeared. Child ran and disappeared. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I was like a little blonde kid. So both of our kids are blonde. Because yeah, I was like a little blonde kid that ran across our hallway. We live in a 900 square foot house. They could not have gone far. It's not a big house. And, and so that's really weird. Um, now mind you, two weeks before this, we have an alarm system and around the same time of night that the sighting of the child happened, 
our alarm went off and my husband and I, we wake up, we're screaming, we get the bat, we're, you know, in attack mode and our back door is wide open, but no one's there. And our cameras didn't catch anything. The police come, they don't see anything. And we have no idea what happened. And so. <laughs> and that's the same door that when you were a kid used to be open, right? Yes. And it's not a door that you can easily open. Like, it's not a door, like it's hard for me and my husband to open it. So it would have been very difficult for our six-year-old daughter to open it, especially if she was sleepwalking and she was on the opposite side of the room. And so, and she was like super dazed and we're like, Oh, did you open it? And she's like, Oh, I don't, I don't think so. And she like, so we don't know about that. But then, so that happened and all that's happening around the same time of night. So then there's another thing with my husband. He, he wanted to be here, but he's not here. <laughs> um, he was washing his face in the bathroom sink. And it's the same bathroom that I grew up in. This bathroom is just, it's one of those bathrooms where you go in it and it just doesn't feel right. It's very heavy energy. You kind of get like nauseous when you go inside of it. We don't really let our kids use it. They use our bathroom just because it's just not, doesn't have a good vibe. And so my husband's washing his face. And he looks into the mirror. He's the only one awake. And he sees a face in the corner of the mirror. <laughs> no, that's like the biggest, that's like such a horror movie thing. And I feel like I've never once in my life washed my face in the bathroom without looking back into the mirror, expecting to see something like that. And exactly. now it's been confirmed that it really happens in real life. And he was like, all right, like, you know, let me check out like all the different angles and the lighting and, you know, what could, what it could have been. And he said he could not recreate what he had seen. And he said it like, looked like, um, like a full face. Like he could see the full face in the mirror and it said, didn't look like his face. Um, and so that's just like totally bizarre. So, so there's that. And then um, there's one more thing. So when I was a child living in this house, um, I had a room that one of the walls um, touches the hallway and the hallway is not good. Like there's something in the hallway. Um, my husband and I, we were like, all right, let's figure out like, where do you feel the energy? Where do you feel the negative energy in the hallway? And so we, we share it. And of course we feel it in the same spot. There's like, we can feel this energy that's like moving at the end of the hallway. And then we feel an energy that's stuck in the back left corner. And it's like back up against the garage. The garage is really creepy, like not a good energy, like just really dark and heavy. Um, and when I was a kid, I kid you not, <laughs> I was laying in my bed in the middle of the night and I could hear someone dragging something down the hallway. And I'm like, what? Like it was carpet. And I could hear like something heavy being like drug across like the carpet in the hallway. And so I like call out. I'm like, Eric to my brother, dad, <laughs> you guys awake and no one's awake. And I just like locked my door and, you know, but that moment was, has stuck with me because I always felt like there is, there's just something stuck in the hallway. Like it can't, like it's just stuck there. And so to get to the very last thing, 
also not a not my experience, but my brother's. I won't go in, into it too much, but my brother used to live in the room at the end of the hallway. So where that really dark energy is stuck. And my brother, when we were growing up, had a lot of really um, like really vivid nightmares. We all did as kids. Me, my brother, my sister still have very vivid nightmares. Um, my brother had probably the worst of them. And when he lived in this house, he was at like his lowest. And my sister, my brother, and I think that there is something that got trapped in that room. Like there's an energy that got trapped in that room that kind of latched on to my brother. Um, because it was just is just so heavy. Like there's just this darkness that's in there. And so when we moved into this house, that was the room that we put my kids into. And, um, and sure enough, they only lasted in there for a couple of months because my daughter just kept having these terrible nightmares. Um, and so we saged the room. I saged it a ton of times. I've got like all sorts of like lights and crystals and cleansing things in the room. And now we've moved the kids back in there and they sleep a lot better. But my son now is saying that there's a monster in the corner um, by the window. And so there's the monsters only ever in there in one spot. And there's nothing in that corner that looks like anything. It's just his dresser. And so Still ongoing, you know, last night I was putting my son to bed and he goes, mommy, a scary monster, a scary monster. And so we go, so we say, go away, scary monster. And in his little toddler voice, he goes, he says, go away, scary monster. Um, and then we go to sleep. <laughs> oh my God. Now, did your daughter sleepwalk before you guys moved in? Yes. She's always, okay, I mean, okay. she, when she was a, like when she started crawling, she would crawl in her sleep. So, like, I got to ask some of the the Haunted House movie questions. First of all, have you done any research or figured out what could have happened in the house? I haven't. We um, we were the second owners of the house. The people before us, it was a family. And my dad said that the, the dad worked for some production company. Um, but other than that, that's all we knew. Okay. And so are you thinking now that you've, you've done some saging, you've done the crystals, are you thinking you might try anything else or how are you feeling about the current situation? We feel like there, besides that, like creepy energy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. So besides the creepy energy in the hallway, everything else just feels kind of playful. Um, so I don't think that it's like a situation we need to really deal with right now because like we don't feel scared um okay that's good so that's good but i did just remember our neighbor um was actually like had actually murdered a few people um (laughs) (laughs) and we found out (laughs) that's a bit but it wasn't in our house and it's not on the um it's on the side of the house where where like the, like the moving energy is. So it's not on the side of the house where the energy that feels like it's stuck. So. Wait, when did your neighbor murder people? Apparently while I was living here. 
Um, my mom's actually, my mom's a lawyer and she came across the case and she texted me and she goes, Lauren, you may need to tell your dad, um, cause they're, they're divorced. She goes, Lauren, you may need to tell your dad that, uh, your neighbor just got arrested <laughs> for killing a few people. So, but he killed people in the house, like no, he, on the property he, or no, he killed people. Uh, so, so, so terrible, like outside of the house. So it wasn't something that happened next to us, but that person lived next to me. And it was somebody like the, um, the, what's it called? They had kids and I would go over to their house and hang out with them, but wow. I didn't, I didn't know anything was going on. So. Oh my God. <laughs> well, please keep me updated if anything else is going on over there. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that you're not scared. Yeah, not too scared. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here terrified. But okay, if you can live like that. I just don't want to wash my face and look in the mirror and see a face staring at me that's not mine. Yeah, we do not wash our faces in the sink anymore. <laughs> it's just not something we do. <gasps> There's a ghost in my house. Hello, we have got back by popular demand, <laughs> Joey from Quebec. How are you? I am great. Uh, it's 5.30 here in Quebec and it's pitch black. So welcome the winter, everybody. Oh my God. Well, I was reading, you sent me an email with more stories and just like our listeners, the paranormal loves you. So what is going on? First of all, why does the paranormal love you so much? Honestly, from when I was, I mean, as young as I can remember, my family just always called me an old soul. Like I was just so in tune with everything. And I had tons of psychic, like, I just did weird, weird shit that my parents would be like, oh yeah, we got to watch him. Like just things like that. And I don't know, I never not believed in spirits because most of my family did. So I don't know when you're not told no, you're not really so skeptical, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. You can kind of have more freedom to just embrace it. Yeah. Are you, do you think that you're like a psychic psychic? I honestly, well, I wouldn't say psychic cause that like, however, like I definitely consider myself a sensitive and I definitely feel yeah. things and I'm usually, my intuition is like on fleek. Like it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sent me like a bunch of stories. I'm down to hear any and all of them. So let them rip. Which one would you like to tell? Um, how about we visit, well, you know what, since, uh, everyone can know how weird I am, we'll talk about the Babylon story. So basically this isn't spiritual. Well, it is. It's about past lives basically. So picture it, Staten Island. I'm three years old. I'm playing, like my mom is in the kitchen right next to my playroom. And I as she had noticed, built this huge thing that she could not figure out how the hell I had done this so perfectly when I'm three. So she was like, just weirded out by that. And then she kept hearing me talking and speaking to maybe someone, something, an imaginary friend, whatever. 
And then she heard distinctly the word Babylon. Now I'm three. How do you, there's no way I could have known that word. So she comes over and she's like, Joey, who taught you that word Babylon? And I was like, what are you talking about mom? And she's like, Babylon, who taught you that word? And I was like, uh, we used to live there. Remember we had all the animals. And my mom told me like, she was really confused. And she was, she pressed me. She was like, Joey, what do you mean we lived in Babylon? And I was like, when I was your son before, don't you remember? And I'm like three and I'm getting fit, like uh, agitated, like annoyed that she doesn't remember. And um, she didn't press that matter. However, when I was in my late teens, my mom was like, do you know the crazy shit you say as a kid? I was like, no, tell me. She was like, you used to tell me that you were my son before, that uh, my sister was my sister before, and that when I was like three to like five, I would talk about how I had died many times before. And I was like, okay, well, that's reincarnation. And she's like, I know, but I'm telling you now. And usually back then, like I was born in 87. So like, obviously this is like 1990, 1991. There was no YouTube or internet. So like no one was like, there's so many story times now of all these mothers going, my five-year-old is talking about their past lives. So like if my mom had that, maybe it would have not made her think I was so weird. But uh, back in 1990 that she was like, oh, okay, we're going to put this in our pocket and not talk about it. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, if you say that you were alive in Babylon, that's like uh, that when people say, oh, that you're an old soul, like that's an old soul. Right? That means you've been around for a minute. Girl, I mean. <laughs> well, but there's also maybe the timeline wouldn't add up. But also, I don't know if you ever watched the TV show Queer as Folk, but the gay bar in that show was called Babylon. Oh, yeah. but I, don't I think, think I had my queer one. awakening during that show because my parents <laughs> used to watch it. And then when I would see the bathhouse scenes, I was like, oh, I'm relating to this on a level. I'm relating to this. <laughs> So you also were telling me about um you had like a UFO or okay. an alien experience. That is what is this? Because ghosts don't scare me, honestly. Like I, I'm not scared by that. But this stuff, that was wild because I had so there were so many people with me. And we were all like, what? Okay, so let's set the scene. I am like in my early 20s and I'm visiting from New York and all my friends from Florida are uh, they come over to my house and we go to my bedroom and we go on my balcony and we I have a nice patio and we're all chilling and it's like six of us plus my sister and we're all chilling and talking and then like we all like stopped talking because the patio furniture started like vibrating and so we're like, what the hell is that? Oh, it's probably a plane, right? Well, it's not a plane. We look just above, like just above us, not like in the, like totally up in the sky. There's a swarm of what we thought were bees or wasps because of the sound. It was like a, like a, something like that. However, this was not that. They were about the size of a marble and they were jet black like black like it almost looked like animation like it was so not like it looked like it just didn't belong like in our sky right 
So we're all just like mesmerized by this. And then we're starting to panic. And then it gets eye level with us. Like not like not looking at us. It didn't have eyes or anything like that. But like it was in front of our eyes, like on our eye level, like we're all sitting around a table. And it just like kind of, in my opinion, it didn't have eyes, but like it like saw us, like acknowledged us. And then one by one, me and my friends started running back into my um, bedroom and jumped on my bed. And we for like a good 20 minutes, we were like, what the F was that? And honestly, like that was not ghosts. I just feel like that was a sort of extraterrestrial experience. And that was wild. But you say that they were they the size of a marble when they were eye level? Absolutely. With you? They were the same size the whole time. Like a large marble. It was um the wildest thing I've ever You don't think it was like a drone or anything like that? No. I I don't know if did we have drones in like 2010 i'm sure we did i don't know about technology i'm not good with it but it was so beyond anything any of us had ever seen that we were and most of my friends then were not spiritual or believers or anything so like it really gave them pause they were like what the f was that yeah interesting yep I don't know. I don't know much about that kind of stuff, but love hearing it. Me too. Okay, tell me another one. What about uh, Publix? Oh my God, Can we go back Publix, the- Ross. Which, P.S. Publix, so that's a big grocery chain in Florida. And when I was a kid, I would vacation in Florida. And yeah. when I was learning how to read, um, I used to say, I used to call it pubics. <laughs> for some reason i just couldn't the l just blurred into the i for me and i would say let's go to pubics i'm pretty sure some so tell me about pubics. joke say pubic so this is the same Publix in sunrise florida that i had my witch angel experience and this is such yes so oh, anybody yeah. that doesn't know what i'm talking we're talking about go yeah. listen to the last listener episode that joey was on which was last month and uh you encountered this angel which magical woman at the Publix? Yeah. So this is, I guess, uh, several several months later. And I didn't know at the time because I'm a kid. Uh, my parents were going through a lot of financial difficulties. But um, I didn't realize that because we were happy. But um, we go into this Publix uh, in Sunrise and I'm going through the aisles and I noticed this guy in a Publix uniform with the apron and everything. And he's smiling at me when we walked in and I smiled back. And when we're in this, the cereal aisle, I see him at the end of the aisle smiling at me and he's pointing. And I was like, uh, okay, what is he putting at? So I look and he's pointing at this specific box of Captain Crunch. Uh, that specific. Oh, my favorite. I'll never, I know I love Captain Crunch. I'll never forget it. So he's pointing at the cereal. And then when he sees that I, I know what he's pointing at, he's like, he was making a motion to like move the box. So I move the box and there's this large white envelope there. 
And then as I am about to take the envelope, he points at me again and he points at the envelope and he points at my mother and he does it twice. So I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do that. So I take the envelope and I ran to my mother with the grocery cart and I was like, mom, here, that man told me to give it to you. And she opens the envelope and there's $3,000 in it. She could not believe it. And um, she, uh, well, she told me when I was older, like she was so afraid to take it. She like didn't understand it, but she saw the Publix man. Like he was there. And then the man that was pointing, she saw him too. Oh yeah. She saw him too. And then he went away and we did our shopping and uh, we were able to get more stuff, obviously. And he bagged our groceries. Like, he bagged our groceries. Like, we were, he, the woman scanning our groceries wasn't really making eye contact with him or speaking to him. But I think I was. I don't remember anything I said. Uh, my mom was just uh, shaking and she just really wanted to leave. But like the man kept smiling and uh, uh, talking to me. So he, back in the day, the bagger would walk y- you to your car with the with your grocery mm-hmm. cart of groceries. So he did that. And so we put the stuff away and my mom just didn't know what to do. So she was like, I'm giving him $5. Uh, so she goes to give him $5 and like literally he just put the bags into the trunk and he was gone. And my mom was like, get in the car, stay here. And my mom runs to back into Publix and I guess like maybe three, four minutes go by. She comes out and she looks shaken and freaked out like i can tell when my mom is like that she comes back into the car and she says to me the people at Publix told me no man like that works there the man that we were talking to and so we just what is going on at this public so my mom was like joey that was an angel that angel gave us a miracle and i was like he doesn't work there? And she was like, they said no one with that description has ever worked there. And we were just Did like, he have okay. a uniform on or anything? He, he had the whole uniform on, the whole apron and everything. So, and mm. I, but what uh, I remember specifically was the woman that was scanning the groceries and then it rolls down and then the guy bags it. She was not looking at him, not acknowledging him. And when I was speaking to him, it was as if, she did not see him. And my mom was just so freaked out. Like she was just like, whoa, this really happened. We always tell this story uh, to all our friends and family. Like it, it really happened. Um, but then again, my family really believes in angels and things like that. So it wasn't a yeah. shock to us, but it was definitely a miracle. It was, it was a wonderful story. Wow. That is so cool. Okay, let's do one more. Okay. Let's do when you were doing children's theater. Oh, my God. Okay, so this was pretty cool. 
Um, I was in a touring children's theater uh, in Philly, but like we go all over the place. And this time we were in Texas and we did the entire place of Texas. I, re- I don't remember where. I have a feeling it was something called Nagadoches, but I'm not 100% sure. But I remember that name being crazy. I was like, this is a real place. So <laughs> we go into this beautiful theater. It's so beautiful. It's like, it had like sort of a nautical theme and it was all white, but the chairs were plush red. It looked stunning. But um, in children's theater, like unless there's a crew at the theater, you are loading that scenery and the costumes and everything with your cast. Like you don't have someone doing that. So we're doing that. And the moment I stepped and walked onto the stage, I was like, ooh, what's that? Like it just felt heavy. The way I can describe it to you is as if someone took their, 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 their palm and pressed it onto your chest. Like it felt like, oof, there's, what's that? Like it was heavy and really thick. And I said it out loud. I was like, ooh, the energy is something. Do you feel that? And my cast was like, oh, stop it. Uh, stop, <laughs> stop it. And I was like, okay. But like the crew, because there was a crew at this theater, it was very rare, but it does happen. And they were like, oh yeah, this place is super haunted. And they started going off into how haunted it was. And my cast was super like not into that. So I was like, okay, well, I listen to everything. And I was like, okay, cool. And down, so basically we load everything and I'm still feeling this energy and my cast just could not be bothered. They were not feeling anything. And I guess, you know, when you're not open to it, you're not open to it, whatever. So we go downstairs into this basement and it's huge. So like all of us were able to get our own dressing room, which is kick-ass. So I got to do my makeup and my vocal warmers by myself. But in this dressing room, I said desk in the email, but I guess I forgot the word vanity. So I'm at this vanity and it has the mirror with all the light bulbs, you know, a regular dressing room. But it has two chairs and I'm sitting in one chair that I'm doing my makeup and doing my vocal warm-ups, but there's also a chair like two inches from me and I put my backpack on it. So like I'm grabbing my stuff as I go along and I'm doing my stuff. So I finished my makeup and I finished my vocal warm-ups and now I'm pacing the room, uh, sing, uh, starting to sing the songs to get prepared. And then that energy comes back in full force. And I was like, ooh. And then it was like a split second after I felt it, the presence, whatever, in the room. It was like, uh, there was a loud boom. And I was like, what? And my backpack on the second chair goes flying. And I'm not kidding. Flying to the end of the room, hits the door and rolls down. So I'm just staring at it for a few minutes. I'm not questioning. I'm just like, whoa. So I walk and I, I pick up the backpack and I didn't, I didn't know why I instinctively did this, but whatever I did it, it happened. I basically said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to invade your space. I... I, I'm sorry that I occupied two chairs instead of just one, and I apologize. 
So I put my backpack on the chair that I was sitting in to do my makeup and left the second chair occupied. But so I walk away after I put the backpack on the chair that I sat in and I left the other chair. But that other chair slowly, like literally, slowly pushes itself in, like into the vanity. And now I'm like, ooh, shit. (laughs) And uh, I just looked at it and I was like, I hope you don't mind me, like out loud, I hope you don't mind me warming up. But then the energy in the room after that moment lightened. It was still there. But I felt like the presence was just like, I want to be acknowledged. And I don't like that you use my chair. And then after I apologized, it was like, chill. But that uh, is a needy actor ghost. That energy was was uh, unmistakable. It was definitely in the room. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, Joey, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. You have a million of them. I feel like you literally have so many good stories. And they're good well, stories, I mean, Joey. Besides all of these, like only two other things happened besides the the doppelganger, which I didn't really know that you called it doppelganger. I thought it was just a mimic. But um yeah. I really enjoy these experiences. I'm glad that they've happened to me. And for those of you who, who are not believers, once you have one experience, it'll change your whole perspective. Yeah, I believe that as well. And I love you, Ross. Thank you so much. Hello, Annie. Where are you? Hello. I am in Tucson. Watch out, Tucson. Here we come. Do you know that movie, um, Romy and Michelle? Yes. Was that Tucson? <laughs> Tucson, yes. That's where they went to high school. They live out here. They lived in Venice, California. And then they, they go in the car. It's a great movie. People should check it out. Um, well, thank you for being we, on. Thank you for having me. We also had uh, I, Revenge of the Nerds and can and another one, Camp I Knew Love, were filmed in Tucson. Are you from Tucson? No, I'm from Iowa. Okay. Well, I saw that you had a lot of different kinds of stories to talk about. So where should we start? <laughs> um, I, so I, I feel like everything kind of always comes back around to my mother, who um, had passed away. October 18th was the four-year anniversary of her passing. And she always kind of seems a little bit stronger around that time. Her birthday is on November 6th. Um, she always had like the best ghost stories when I was younger. She grew up in, you know, an old farmhouse in Iowa. Uh, so she, she always had some really interesting and, and terrifying stories. Like I would get goosebumps just listening to her stories or even trying to retell them. And um, she always thought that children were sort of, open to different spirits and different worlds. And when I was very young, she would uh, tell me stories that I would come up, come up to her and say, you know, you're not my mother. Uh, And she, she, she'd be like, okay, who's your mother then? Well, she's in Pennsylvania. (laughs) And my mom's like, okay, well, interesting. And she walked (laughs) up on me, uh, like flicking my fingers, like snapping my fingers. 
And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I used to be in the circus and I could light fires this way. <laughs> Five you years old. The, so You were in the circus and you could light fires by snapping? That's fabulous. Apparently, in a past life, that's, that was something I could do. Wow. Uh, but yeah, my mom, she was just kind of one of those like larger than life, uh, you know, beautiful souls, super fun, very charismatic. Um, people were drawn to her uh, just very, very deeply. Um, and her name is Sarah, Sarah Jane. So I'm trying to keep everything in line. So recently, my niece was working. Uh, as a waitress and this lady at her table asked her like hey can I show you something and my my niece was like no I don't really like she's trying to show her pictures of her cats and then she left her a tip and on she left her tip on the credit card and then she left her a dollar bill and it was my mother's initials and she's like I need you to have this and that like that was it and the lady walked away and my my niece just kind of freaked out and came home but um, she's most active at my at my old house where I grew up in Iowa. There's always um, stuff moving around and voices being heard. And uh, I've had a couple of interesting things happen. What kind of stuff has happened at that house? So, let's see. The weekend she passed away, I had, you know, a lot of, a lot of my girlfriends came in from out of town to support me. And one girl was getting a little out of control, a little drunk. And it was about 1.30 in the morning, 2 in the morning. And the coffee grinder just started going very loudly. And it was at a point where I think like everyone kind of had it with this girl. It was like, okay, this weekend isn't about you. She needs to kind of shut up already. And my mom was really good at passively aggressively telling people like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so it was kind of funny that just popped on right at that time. <laughs> and then later that year, I took my now boyfriend home and he had never met her but um he fell asleep in bed with me and woke up naked in my mom's bed and he did not sleepwalk wait how did that happen <laughs> i don't know she okay i will tell you this she was a huge flirt young men loved her every <laughs> all my guy friends everyone loved my mom everyone was like your mom is, you know, I'm your mom's favorite. Everyone was always like vying for her attention because she was just, just so fun. And uh -huh. so I thought it, to me, it was kind of my mom saying like, Hey, he's a good one. You should keep this one around because his and my relationship was pretty new at the time. And uh -huh. he like to this day has never sleepwalked and he doesn't, he sleeps fully clothed. I do not. He does. And he, and it was the winter time in Iowa. So he wouldn't have just like been naked for no reason. So. He woke up kind of naked in her bed. That he is woke up. He, <laughs> um, yeah, my mom, a notorious, a notorious flirt. Uh, and then my aunt, so my mom uh, divorced my dad when I was five and one of her best friends took us in. So she was basically like a second mom to us my whole life. And she still lives in this house that my mom passed away in. So she's constantly having experiences. Her and my other aunt have like heard my mom speaking to them, like different things. My mom is an avid gardener. So her, her gardening hats will be moved in different places. Um, she gets a little freaked out. I think and I mentioned this in the email. So there could be possibly another spirit in the house besides my mom's, but I think my mom is a more playful spirit. I wouldn't be um, scared of her, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's something else in that house or not. Why do you say that? Um, 
so my aunt was here visiting earlier this year before the whole lockdown had happened. She was telling me some stories that just sounded a little bit more malicious. And it it made me kind of think back to when we were in junior high, my girlfriends and I would play with a Ouija board. And this one girlfriend, she was always a little bit, I think she just had a really hard childhood. So she was a little bit darker. Uh, and I didn't fully understand where she was coming from, but she had a spirit that she said followed her from the time she was very young. And the first time she saw this entity is when she was five. And she remembers being in her bedroom and having a bed, but also having her old crib in the bedroom with all of her old uh, toys and stuffed animals. And she woke up in the middle of the night and saw these green glowing eyes staring at her. And she had a few of these. I know, like at the time, you know, she's telling us this story and we're playing with the Ouija board and we're like, you know, 12, 13 years old. And she has called this thing Mr. X. And we decided we were going to try to talk to Mr. X. And we uh, we talked to something or, you know, could have been just the girls moving it. And we, we would do it down in our basement sometimes. But this one particular time I was having a sleepover and there's a few of us girls uh, in my bedroom with nothing but candles on. And we asked this entity to show itself. And on my wall in my bedroom, that's still like, if you go back, it's still considered Annie's bedroom, is this ghost outline of Freddy Krueger. Like the hat, the claws, everything. And like just a room full of girls, we all screamed and turned on the lights and we were all kind of like freaking out. And took us a minute. We're like, okay, we couldn't have really seen that. And we must have been seeing something. But we all like reported seeing the same thing. Like nobody, we didn't prompt one another. We're like, did you see that? Did you see that? Yes. And we went back in. We turned all the candles back on, tried to recreate it. And we couldn't. There was like no shadow on the wall. So it was one of those um, moments we decided to stop playing with the Ouija board at my house. I just kind of, I guess, because I've been getting more into like, freaky things and spooky things and believing that and, you know, listening to some of these stories and it just, I guess I started freaking out like, Oh my gosh, did I invite something into my mom's house that maybe has just been dormant for years. So Mr. X could be there still. I I guess so. And my girl, the girlfriend who it was, I actually reached out to her on Facebook this week and I said, Hey, have you had any experiences lately? Like, does this thing still follow you? Uh, and she said she hadn't had any in a while, but um, she told me not to be worried that it was. It didn't give me any more like reassurance or or really go into it. I think it's probably a part of her life she doesn't really want to talk about anymore, and understandably so. Yeah. What was the story you were telling me about living in Okinawa? Okay, so Okinawa, I was stationed in there from 1998 to 2005 and if you ever want some like really cool ghost stories just like google that they have this um haunted hotel that they started building but people kept dying and apparently it was on you know hollowed grounds or, or where people had been buried so they were never able to finish it but the way they build in okinawa is really structurally sound because they have typhoons so they mm-hmm. use cement and rebar so it's this very sturdy building, but it's just the bones of it. So you can go in and walk all through it. But you said people were everywhere. dying? Like people were dying as they were 
making it? Building it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they had to stop. They had to stop construction on it. So I had gone through it once and my girlfriend and I took pictures outside. We walked through it. It's almost like this. I mean, it's this big grand hotel and there's these giant rooms and you can go all the way to the top and like look out and see the whole island. And we realized when we got done, like after the whole day was over, we didn't take a single picture. We were like, wait, why didn't we take any pictures while we were in there? But you can probably Google it and see, you know, the haunted hotel of Okinawa. But the, uh, the place where I lived, it was one of the invasion points. I, I later found out after I had moved in. And I never, I don't, like I said, I hadn't thought much of it, but whatever part of my apartment I was in, I always heard people talking in the uh, on the other side it was almost like a shotgun style apartment so it started with the kitchen and living room and then you go all the way back to the bedroom but wherever i was in the apartment there was always like background noise of people talking and as i said everything's very structurally built so it's not like i was hearing something from outside and then my neighbor neighbors that lived upstairs on the third floor said every morning when they woke up their lights were on and their doors were open like all their drawers, all their cabinets, everything would be open. So um, I, I am kind of uh, absent-minded with doors as being left open. I think I do that all on my own. So even if a ghost was trying to haunt me and leave doors open, that wouldn't be a good tell for me because I do that all the time. I do too. I always have doors <laughs> open. I, it's so funny because I, I constantly find myself being like I kept that open right I think I'm just looking for my ghost (laughs) experiences but um, oh my god Rob I had to stop listening to your show in my house (laughs) because there is a little girl that died here I get it there's a little girl that died in your house yes yes when I um the first time I came to this house before I bought it that Previous owners still lived here, so all of their stuff was here. And there was um, there was a bench out in the backyard that said, you know, to our, our loving daughter, sister, it was like a memorial bench. And it was like a girl that had died, I'm going to say about 11 years old. And I wasn't really sure what had happened, but there was pictures inside and there was, you know, two girls. There was a an older one and then a younger one who looked like maybe she had cerebral palsy or, or some kind of... Um, affect so I kind of always had this suspicion that you know something happened here because of what you know this family that had owned this house since it was built in 1979 was selling it and I bought the house in 2011 um but they were you know divorcing and and leaving this home so it all just seems kind of strange to me and then where I currently work uh, one of the girls and her best friends were best friends with the older sister that lived in this house and they had been here before and they confirmed for me that the, the office that I'm currently in, which is also has been the cat room in the past, was where she passed away. And I think the, I haven't seen her. I think I, I maybe get like glimpses out of the corner of my eye. And I think my cat can feel her presence. But I think, I, she, obviously, I think she's a good soul. She's young. And I think she's happy with the animals that I keep in the house. And then for a brief time when my little brother lived here, I think uh, he felt her and maybe saw her, but it's hard to, hard to say. Wow. That's so interesting how sometimes it's just like such, such a slight presence, you know, Um, doesn't sound, it doesn't seem like it's like super haunted or anything, but um, yeah. How interesting. 
I've been ghosted too. Hello, Dusty. Hello, Roz. <laughs> Where are you, Dusty? I am. Oh, you mean I'm in my closet, um, ironically, but I am <laughs> calling you from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh my God. Cool. You're like what maybe the first Arkansas. I mean, I've talked to very few people from haunted Arkansas. <laughs> well, it, it has its history. <laughs> so what's going on with you? You grew up in a haunted house. I did. Um, yes, I grew up in, um, Fort Smith, Arkansas, which was originally hell on the border, but, um, that's its it was own. Originally what? It was called hell on the border. Uh, it was the oh, gateway to the West. Um, but I didn't grow up in a house that old. <laughs> um, the strange thing was, is um, right out the gate, I'll just tell you mine. And then as an adult, I found out a little bit of what was going on. Okay. So when I was about 10 years old, um, my parents um, for the first time left me home alone by myself. And they weren't very social people. But for some reason, at like 11 o'clock at night, they went to some friends for pie which was very uncharacteristic of them. Um, so I was lying down on the sofa in the living room and, you know, growing up poor, we had this, you know, old TV on top of the old big TV. <laughs> and um, it was one of those, you know, you had to get up and physically turn the knob. You know, the joke is I was the remote control for my parents. Um, <laughs> so I was watching, you know, late night reruns of Cheers and I fell asleep on the sofa and I woke up and the lights were all still on because I dozed off, but the TV had been turned off. So I thought my parents came home and I just didn't hear them or something. Um, so I just got up and I turned the TV back on um, because I still wasn't quite sleepy yet. Well, I did doze off again and I woke up and the TV had been turned off again. <laughs> mm. So I looked out the window and saw their car wasn't there. And I kind of, you know, peeked upstairs to see if they were, you know, or downstairs in the basement. Uh, nobody was home. So I still didn't think much of it. And then the third time I dozed off and the television had been physically clicked, turned off. And that's when I, you know, being a gay kid, I didn't have a baseball bat, but I had a little toy wooden sword. And, <laughs> and then I searched the entire house and I just stayed home with that, like a battle ax over my shoulder until they got home. Cause I didn't know if someone had broken in or what, but there was no explanation for how someone else could have turned that television off. I found out later in life of why, you know, I had other things like when I was an adult, I saw paranormal activity and I had PTSD from watching that because suddenly everything in my childhood came to realization I grew up um, because I just hid it away because my mom believed ghosts are all demons and my dad believed that we can't explain, you know, what's going on. Maybe it's a time lapse in the dimensions or whatever. And I mm -hmm. don't have my own. I, I love listening to your show because it expands my brain on all the possible theories that different things could be. Mm -hmm. um, so I found out that, um, well, as I started to say, I would have someone sit on my bed in the middle of the night. And I would just keep the blanket over my head and not look. Um, and that happened multiple times. There have been a couple of times where it was like that, you know, you could feel them step over your body onto the other side oh. of the bed. 
Yeah. Wait, um, wait, wait. So as if they're like standing on your bed or what do you mean? Like what, what would you think? It could have been standing. It could have been like, um, you know, like if your parent sits down on the side of the bed and leans one arm over on the other side of oh, your feet, yeah. it could have been something like that. Um, I also had another incident where I was asleep in the living room and um, I had sleep paralysis, but it wasn't like a moment. It was a long time. Like on the Haunting of Hill House, like I was lying there staring at the ceiling and felt like I was being choked um, so badly that I had, when I could finally move, I went and woke up my mom and told her I was, I mean, I, she could hear I wasn't breathing and she had asthma. So she let me use her inhaler, but Roz, I don't have asthma. <laughs> so it, that freaked me out real bad. <laughs> Now, when you um, say you felt like you're being choked, could you feel like, did like, it feel like a human person's hands, basically? Or yeah, like how would you describe it? Yeah, like hands constricting my throat. Oh, that's so scary. Um, and I just, yeah, and I felt that weird presence. So I found out from my mom years later that one, one of my uh, great grandmothers had passed away in the home when I was a child. So some of the spookiness, I kind of gave myself a theory of maybe grandma was turning the TV off so I could sleep. But, okay. but as far as like the choking, <laughs> there was also a woman that lived in the house before that cut down like every tree in the yard if a kid climbed it. And that was kind of spooky. Like one time I, uh, when I started, I started closing the bedroom door to lock out bad juju when I would sleep there because I did have a nightmare that I was chopping people up with an ax and I've never <laughs> had something like that. Oh my God. Um, but another one that um, you'll appreciate this story. My mother had an experience too. And in the same this, house in the same house before I was born. Okay. And um, it was shortly after her mother had passed away and she had trouble sleeping. I asked her a lot of questions recently to get more details. Um, so I could tell you um, her story because she doesn't like talking about it because I told you she has a different theory on these things, but we mm -hmm. have, um, it was a very small home. So we had the, the stair, the wall that divided the stairs from the front door for privacy was just wrapped in those glass tile mirrors. So we called oh, it the, yeah. the wall mirrors. Um, and so she was walk. she got up to get a, a, a drink of water and she said she already felt something weird was going on. And then as she started to walk up the stairs where there's that thickness of the wall, there's just that four to six inches of mirror from floor to ceiling, she froze and could not move. And she saw in the reflection behind her, her mother. And I asked her to describe it to me. And she said it was the clothes that her mother was buried in and that translucent style. Cause I know you're going to ask. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she said, she um, looked at that reflection and she said to this spirit, you're not my mother. And then it disappeared. And then she was able to move. So, oh, yeah. Okay. And, that's, and she, you know, she, so she believes that, you know, it was a demon or something right. impersonating. Okay. Yeah. So you believe that it was possibly your great grandmother was in the house and then some kind of demon or 
whatever dark dark force yeah there could have been something that tried to take opportunity that didn't care for me as much and maybe you know like i said maybe it was a comforting thing of like the television you know maybe maybe in the bedroom of what was sitting on the bed was just you know watching a grandchild sleep but i just keep thinking about the choking the choking one is the one that i can't figure out that that one that one freaked me out a lot <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it all freaked me out for years until I found out about, you know, the passing of a grandmother in the house. And I thought maybe that was her lingering and kind of that made me feel a little better. But I'd always been like, I refuse to talk about what happened in the house in the house. Oh, yeah. Well, I get that. I I feel like, oh, it could hear me. Who's listening? Yeah, I, I don't want it to know. <laughs> so we never talk about it in the house. Anyway, yeah, I have other little ones I could go on of other short stories, or if that's good for you, or no, give me a short one. Give me, yeah, <laughs> give it to me. I got a couple okay. minutes. Okay, so I will tell you because I listed a few in the thing. I think the creepiest for you would be my sister would kill me if I tell you this, but I'm going to. My niece, who's now an adult with her own child, um, when she was a little girl, she was sensitive and could see things. She had the sixth sense. And it freaked my sister out and she didn't like encourage it because it scared her and she didn't want her daughter to be scared. So the two incidents I remember my sister telling me my daughter saw someone was one um, at a friend's townhouse. Um, it, you know, they had those long stairs going up to the second floor. My niece was uh, looking upstairs and the, uh, the owner, she had, it was just her and her teenage daughter that lived there. And my sister was talking to her friend and my niece said, why is your daughter, you know, soaking wet up there? And my sister's like, what are you talking about? She's not even here. And um, she said, go play. You know, she's not even here. What are you talking about? And then her friend said, oh shit. <laughs> Did, um, I think she saw our friend. And my sister said, what? And she said, yeah, we've had some weird stuff happen in the bathroom. And the way my niece described it was, it was a girl that was in clothes, just soaking wet and long, wet hair, like Samara from the ring, basically, <sighs> you know, just standing there. And she saw her upstairs um, and was told to ignore it and go along. And the other time was their family was traveling and stayed at a, motel like uh, one of those suites where it has you know the pull-out sofas and all that stuff and my niece told um her parents the next morning um she asked who was that man that came in last night and they said honey nobody came in the room last night it's just us we're just trying what are you talking about and she she described a, a man in a suit and very old like you know, my sister asked the questions of, uh, you know, like an old hat, like a 1930s madman kind of thing. And uh, he walked into the hotel room and looked over them while they were sleeping and then just kind of dissipated out through the wall. <laughs> oh, my God. Do, does she still have these experiences or was it just as a kid? I haven't asked her recently because, like I said, her mother would kill me, but it was as a kid because her mother didn't want, you know, to scare her of like, well, honey, you just saw a ghost or a dead person, you know, because she was yeah. she was a very sensitive. She's one of those ball of light people that, you know, hugs everyone in the room and just has that ball of bright energy. So mm -hmm. if she experienced that, who knows? I mean, who knows how she would react? I kind of wish that she would have gone into it 
you know, in a safe way, but. But those people, like the first friends that they, they were having like paranormal activity happening in their bathroom, you're saying? Yeah. Like sometimes stuff would be knocked off or, um, I can't remember. I should have, uh, contacted them to ask about, you know, something may have happened with the bathtub of, uh, you know, I can't recall, but I do know that she said specifically, and my sister said, don't you dare tell my daughter that you have a ghost in your bathroom that she just saw at the top of the stairs soaking wet. Uh, Yeah. Well, Dusty, thank you so much for calling. Um, Thank thank you. This is uh, so fun. I love this show and I love hearing all the theories and the one thing I absolutely have to tell you is my favorite thing about you, Ross, is I can always hear the smile in your voice, no matter what you're talking. You're so genuine. And I wish I could see oh. what drag you're wearing right now. Oh, it's gorgeous. Let me tell you. <laughs> your voice, no matter what you're talking, you're so genuine. And I wish I could see what drag you're wearing right now. Thank you so much to everyone that was on today's episode. Again, if you want to hear that bonus story from Joey talking about the haunted dorms that he stayed in that used to be an institution. And um, it's one of these places that seems to have like not just a couple of ghosts, like a lot of different kinds of ghosts. And so Joey tells that story on Patreon on the second tier of Patreon called On With The Show. And if you're on the first tier of Patreon and the second tier, because if you're on the second tier, you get the first tier, you can uh, watch that video of me talking about spooky places in West Hollywood, California. Guys, I'd love to have you be on a listener episode, so please email me at ghostedbyraws at gmail.com with the subject line, listener episode. Also, please give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a ghost story or if you just want to say something nice to me, please leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Instagram at Roz Dresfalez. The Patreon is patreon.com slash We have a Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresfalez. Venmo, I'm at Queen Roz. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, all the things. You know where to find me. We'll be back next week with Bailey Sarian. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.